Hey, good to see everybody uh, out there. Thanks for coming and uh, using our air conditioning. That's awesome. And, uh, well, that's good. Uh, you pay for it. So anyway, uh, but yes, uh, welcome to uh, 114. Uh, that's what it's supposed to be today. So we're grateful to have you here. Uh, grateful that you can come celebrate Jesus, head back home before things get a little bit out of control, all right? Uh, but uh, great to see you. Uh, for those online, uh, we love you. We're excited that you've joined us. Those out in Kerman, uh, God bless you guys out there. We love you. Uh, we are just excited to be in week three uh, of this series that we're calling The Creed. And, and uh, you know, but even before I, I jump into that, I just want to remind you of a couple things. And that is every week, if you'll if you'll go onto the website, northpoint.org slash now, you'll see whatever is going on uh, this week, like the, the, the newest and most, uh, you know, uh, upcoming stuff. Uh, so northpoint.org slash now. And uh, matter of fact, the first thing you're going to see pop up there is uh, uh, coming up is baptisms that are going to be happening uh, and, uh, on the 25th. And so we'd love for you to get signed up for that if if you've yet to be baptized. And so, uh, but anyway, that's an easy way, uh, simple way to see what's happening here at North Point. Uh, if, you, if you saw, glanced at something, missed it, go there, check it out, and, uh, and everything will be there. Hey, we, uh, Pastor Shane started this series out talking about God the Father and, and uh, really God the Creator. Uh, and, uh, and then last week, uh, if, you, if you weren't here last week, uh, you really need to follow up and, and watch last week's message. But Pastor Colin Crane brought the message last week, and that young guy brought the fire, all right? Uh, that guy is good, and uh, his message about Jesus was phenomenal. We're, uh, we're stoked that he is a part of our staff. Uh, of course, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, he's got a, a, a great foundation. You know, his father, uh, Eddie, was our children's pastor, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's really cool to see, uh, through tragedy even, with uh, the passing of Eddie, how his kids, uh, you know, have stepped up in, into areas of serving the church, um, really just like their dad, but, uh, and, and mom, of course, um, but uh, it's great to see Colin not only preaching and, and um, uh, you know, but, but the other boys are also, you know, serving in, in different capacities. So we love them. We're stoked that they're on staff with us and uh, doing, doing great things. Hey, today we are going to talk about the resurrection. And uh, the, the first thing that probably pops in your mind is that it's not Easter, right? Uh, because oftentimes it seems like that's the only time we talk about the resurrection, and, uh, and, and, you know, for good reason that we talk about it on Easter, for sure, but, uh, but even for better reason uh, to talk about it throughout the year because of the significance of what the resurrection, uh, you know, does for our lives. The, the significance, the game changer that it really is uh, in, in Christianity, in all religions, you know, Christianity is the only one whose God not only died... Uh, that's easy stuff, right? But, uh, but three days later, according to his words, um, came back to life. And, and what I love about that idea is, is they went to the tomb and, and, and the tomb was open and, and uh, Jesus was nowhere to be found, you know. You know, just a, a little thought, that the, the, the tomb, that, that rock wasn't rolled away so Jesus could leave and get out. But that rock was rolled away so that his disciples 
could get in. Because it was critical that they saw and were reminded of the words that he had shared that three days later he would come back to life, that he would rise again. And because of that, it literally changes everything. Like everything about uh, the, the Christian faith really uh, you know, gets its uh, you know, uh, foundation, I guess you'd say, in the resurrection. And knowing that not only did, did uh, uh, God send his son to die for our sins, but ultimately conquered death, so not only did he live, so now we can live too. We can have the promise of eternity. Just in the past couple of weeks, I've done, done a, a few funerals. And, 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 and in that, the, the hope that is, that is in uh, the, the celebration of a life here on earth is the reality that it's not the end. Amen? Whew, I know it's going to be hot, but you're going to have to stick with me, all right? All right, I'll come down here if I have to, but, you know, uh, I'm going to give you a chance. So here's the thing. The, 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 the crazy piece of this is recognizing that it's not the end. While we, we suffer and we mourn the loss of, of people in our lives, we also recognize that if they had a relationship with Jesus Christ, that it's not over, it's not the end. It's really just the beginning. The beginning and then people here on earth can, can argue the, the idea of eternity and all those things, but, but those who have gone on before us, they know this. They know exactly what eternity is. They're already there. And so in this idea of the resurrection, you know, the, the, the reality is, is that folks have tried to find Jesus. They've, they've searched. Uh, not only do we have, uh, uh, you know, uh, reference of that in the scriptures, but, but you know, from a, uh, 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 I, I'm so struggling with this word right now. Can, I, can you help me out, you know? From, from the idea that, that they, they are looking, that there, there's no evidence, like what, what is the world is going on, you know, kind of thing. And then what I love is the idea that they're, they're looking for him, but they're not gonna find him. And we find in Matthew 28, here's the whole reason behind it in verse six when he says, he isn't there. He's risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Can I just tell you something? That it's so critical to, to hone in on these words. When Jesus says something, he means it. You can bank on it, right? You, you can have all the confidence in it, even the words that say he will rise again. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we find this text uh, that, that really lays this out because there began to be some, uh, some confusion and some folks talking about, uh, you know, that people weren't really, uh, you know, uh, resurrected, you know, that their bodies weren't resurrected or, or brought back to life and all this. But, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12, it says this. We're going to read a little text, but it says, but tell me this, uh, you know, Paul says, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there'll be no resurrection of the dead. For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless. 
and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And listen, and if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, oh, I just said that, your faith is useless. And if, and, and, and if our hope in Christ uh, is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. And in this text, what we find is this this, uh, idea of if this didn't happen, then this is the result. If this didn't happen, this is the result. And and it's all laid out in kind of like a little bit of a a, a negative connotation, right? This idea that if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then our our faith is nothing, right? Then, then, Then all the preaching that has gone on has been worthless, and so what I want to do today is I just want to, I want to give you some, some, some uh, facts that, that, that help us to recognize that not only, uh, you know, has the resurrection uh, of Christ taken place, but, but, but because of that, what happens in our lives? And you'll see there, uh, and I'm just going to kind of bounce back in this text, but in verse 17, it says, if, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith, faith is useless and you're still guilty of your sins, a huge ramification if Christ had not been raised. But you can write this down in your outline that number one, we are forgiven for our sins because of the resurrection. Right, it's this, this idea that, that because he was resurrected, we are forgiven for our sins. Praise God for that and, and, and hallelujah for that because uh, otherwise we wouldn't be sitting here. We would have no hope in this whole uh, big world that we live in. Romans chapter uh, four and, and verse 25 says this, that, that he was handed over to death on account of our transgressions, our sins. And listen, he was raised on account of our justification. Really this idea of, of, of making us right again, right, giving us this opportunity. His resurrection is ultimately what gives us a chance at life. And life today. Now I'm grateful for that. And, and I recognize that, that you are too. I'm just not sure that we operate in that gratefulness on a, on a uh, really day by day or moment by moment basis. I think so often we, we, we get so far ahead in life and so many things are happening that sometimes we forget what, what give, gives us that freedom to begin with. Right? And while we, while we um, um, are, 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 are grateful when we're reminded of something significant like this, last week when we were reminded of the significance of who Jesus is, right? This week when we're reminded of the significance of the resurrection and how it literally changes everything, for without it we would be hopeless, Maybe the, the greater key to all of this would be remembering the resurrection and the work of God every day of our lives. Helping us to see that, that when we take breath in the morning, right, that we have this life 
and that we've been forgiven of our sins. Why? Because of the work of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15, 14, it, it said this, and if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless and our, our faith is useless. I, 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 don't, I don't know necessarily where, where everybody's at or the, the life that you've lived. or I, I don't know for everybody, you know, we can only make assumptions that you're here because faith is, is to some degree important to you. Maybe you're kind of seeking and, and not even sure about this idea, but, but you'd love to be able to hang on or cling to something, uh, you know, of, uh, of faith. Maybe things are chaotic in your life, but this is, the, this is the very idea that gives us the hope that we can have faith in Jesus Christ. This is crazy stuff. Right? And, and what's, what's beautiful about it is recognizing that because Christ was raised from, from the dead, our preaching isn't useless and our faith isn't useless. You can write it down like this. Our faith is well-founded. Our faith is well-founded. It's not just some fairy tale. It's not just some made-up uh, idea. It's well-founded. And when we find something uh, that we can stand on, when we, when we find something that, that has the, the credibility behind it, now all of a sudden we recognize that, that this is a big picture thing. This is why, you know, we, we talk about being family together. This is why we talk about needing one another and these sorts of things. Why? Because our faith is well-founded and the more that we are connected and the more that we're doing life together, the more that we're studying together and growing together and serving together, all of a sudden talk about this well-rounded faith and how that goes out and spreads into this world. But when all we do is sit back and, and kind of like tinker with these incredible truths. We never talk about them because it's not Easter, right? Or we're not quite sure. But we talk about what incredible faith God has given us, but we really don't take it back to the source of where that really comes from. What are we really doing is, is we're hiding where that well-founded faith even comes from. And in the world we live in today, the, the very worst thing we could ever do is, is hide these truths. Because these are the very truths that, that ultimately the Holy Spirit uses to set people free. Galatians 2.20 says this, the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, this is like, this would be like a, a life verse. If, if you don't have a, a life verse that just in, in, encapsulates what, what, what your journey is about, the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's something that, that allows us to be confident in who we are, not to be proud as an arrogant, but to be confident in who we are. And that confidence is shown 
in how then we act and interact with other people. See, the confidence of the resurrection isn't just a confirmation of our, of our own faith, but it's actually a stepping stone that then propels us out into this world to actually impact this world because of the resurrection. To recognize that in our life, uh, you know, we have a responsibility that goes far beyond just simply coming and setting for an hour on a Sunday, that our responsibility, once again, as Romans 12, uh, uh, you know, one and two talks about is, is uh, you know, taking your everyday ordinary life, literally, you know, you're eating, sleeping, drinking, walking around, going to work life, and place that before God as an offering. What, what are we really saying? Is that it's our everyday ordinary life is where we're talking about the confidence that we have and where that confidence comes from. Now, it's easy to say our confidence comes in God. But it's more profound when we recognize that it comes in the work that was ultimately done and the significance of a topic like the resurrection and knowing that this is a game changer, this is something that ultimately separates Christianity from all other religions. In, in uh, verse 15 of 1 Corinthians 15, it says this, and, and we apostles would be lying about God, for, for we've said that God raised Christ from the dead, but that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. Here's what I love, you can write this down, is that the apostles preach what is true. And a result, as a result of the apostles preaching what is true, what do we, what do we have? We have, we have this, this word of God that, that has those messages in it. Paul, Paul's saying this, right? We understand like two-thirds of the New Testament's written by Paul. Like, like to recognize that, that uh, without the resurrection, like immediately two-thirds of this New Testament's gone. Well, the truth is, it, it'd all be a waste. And so we love the idea that, that we have some sort of foundation to fall back on. We have, we have this foundation, this confidence in the things that, that Paul writes or that Peter writes. In knowing that these things not only happened, and what I love is how relevant the scriptures from thousands of years ago really are to our life today. It really is mind-boggling, and yet so often what happens is we get hung up on the, 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 the things that, oh, wait, I, I don't really understand that. I don't really understand that, which oftentimes is really just an excuse for us to get off track. It's just something the devil uses really to, to just kind of get us a little bit discouraged because there's so much that is so significantly relevant. I mean, like, like basic relevance, right? You know, that you just read and go, are you kidding me, God said that? But, but don't take my word, begin to read and, and recognize and understand. Here's what I love. In John 14, uh, you know, Jesus speaking, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, the, this is the significance of the confidence that we can have 
in our faith because Jesus conquered death. To recognize that, that the things that he says, it matters. Why? Because he is the way. He's the only way to eternity. He, he, he's the truth and the things that he says and the things that he lived out, these things are what? They're, they're true. Absolutely true. So, so in today's, today's culture, we, people really struggle with the idea that there is absolute truth. You might be one of those people. And, and, the, and the idea that he says what? He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. What's he, what's he helping us recognize is that this is the passage. Like, this is the way. I am the person. This is everything you need. Because why? Not only gonna die for your sins, but I'm gonna three days later come back and live so that you can live also. To recognize in your life that God loves you so much that he made a way possible that you can live. In verse 18 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says this. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. Oh, what a sad, what a sad idea. But because of the resurrection, you can write this down, those who have fallen asleep, those who have died, are alive. They're alive. John 11 says this, he said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And then he says this, do you believe this? Do you? Because this changes everything. The greatest news in all the world, the greatest news in all the world. Could you imagine that morning Could you imagine the chaos of that morning? Could you imagine what it would be like to, 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 to be, you know, one of his disciples, his mom? After, after mourning his death on the cross, which was unjust, But listening to his words, when he, when he spoke the words like, permit it to be so. Could you imagine, even though you've been told, you're still confused? I, I, I know you'd recognize that, because as, as parents, we've all said to our children at some point in time, how many times do I need to tell you? Isn't that true? 
As a matter of fact, uh, as married couples, uh, that same phrase comes out quite often, doesn't it? <laughs> How many times do I need to tell you, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even talking about like the I love you phrase, all right? I'm talking about like what you're doing next, okay, you know, right? And so I, I, know, we, I, I know we understand this idea that we've been told and then we, we just misplaced that thought. But the significance of this particular instance changes everything for everybody in this world. It's a big deal. The greatest news in all the world in raising Christ from the dead you can write this down in your outline, is that he gave us forgiveness and he glorified Jesus in all, as the all-sufficient forgiver. This is the greatest news in the, all the world. And, and why, why I wanted to put that here is because, because you have to understand when you struggle to feel like you've been forgiven, you're minimizing the ultimate work of God. And yet, yet you hang on to, 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 the, to the feeling or the sense that, that you know, you've been forgiven. How many times have we, have we uh, 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 prayed the prayer of salvation over and over again? Like with the idea of like just to make sure. <laughs> you know, I've done it. You know, every time Steve preaches, I do it, you know, kind of thing. Right? It's just, it, it's like this, this thing in us. But, but really what it is is this idea that it shows the lack of confidence in who he said he is and the work that he accomplished. And not only to be forgiven, but then to say, I can't forgive somebody else, is ultimately minimizing the work of God. Because if you're unwilling, according to scripture, to forgive someone else, then God will be unwilling to forgive you. And we don't like that. Well, that point stinks. But what are we really saying? Listen, because of the resurrection, you know, he gave us forgiveness and ultimately glorified Jesus as the all-sufficient forgiver. He's the one that, that not only has forgiven you, but he's forgiven all of us and that we have an opportunity to receive him as our Savior. And in raising him from the dead, you can write this down, is that, that he gave us a friend to count on and he glorified Jesus as completely reliable. I love that, that completely idea. Completely reliable. Right, like we have like, we have like friends and we don't write this down, at least I don't think anybody does, but we all have friends and they're categorized as how reliable they really are, right? And if you need a quick response from somebody, you, 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 know, you immediately think of people who are what? They're reliable, they're gonna respond quickly. 
right? So within my family, sometimes it's like, if somebody needs to get a hold of somebody, it's like, who should call that person? If it's my wife, who should call? I'm her husband, she's not gonna answer, right? You know, one of, maybe if one of the girls calls, she'll be, she'll be more responsive, you know, kind of thing, right? And, you know, and then I'll call, and then Josh will call, and then Jake will call, and then all of a sudden one of the girls calls and she answers. Oh my gosh, we, you know, we know who the favorite is, right, you know? Now, but isn't that true that in our life we, we, we know who's reliable and who isn't? And we have friends in our life, they're not reliable, they're fun, but they're not reliable, Right? They may bring the energy to the party, but they're not reliable, right? And, and what I love is recognizing that Jesus is completely reliable in everything, and that you can trust. His, his, his track record is impeccable, and I love that because it's mind-blowing that we can have a relationship with a God who loves us so much that he sent his son to die on a cross, a death that was meant for criminals. And then ultimately he said, but don't worry, right? Don't worry, because three days later I'm gonna conquer this whole thing. And then they come to the tomb and they're blown away. Listen, if he speaks it, that word is reliable. And so when he says that I'll, I'll stick closer to you than a brother, he means it. When he says that, 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 that if you'll ask anything according to my will, I'll do it, guess what that means? Amen. That's the beauty of this relationship. And it's the beauty that comes from a living God. In raising him from the dead, it says this, that, that he, he gave us guidance and unchanging truth and glorified Jesus as the absolute foundation for truth and righteousness, which is the idea of what is right. What is right in God's eyes? The literally absolute foundation for truth. And that's just, that all that really is is this continuation of how completely reliable he is in our lives, whether you believe it or not. You see, that's how truth in God's word is, 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 is unchanging. Whether you believe it or not doesn't change it from being truth. If you don't believe it, that simply means you do not believe truth because truth does not change. Jesus does not change. And so I love the absolute foundation for truth and for what is right. And then the last one here is the idea that says this, is that he gave us everlasting joy that will not be ended by death. <laughs> Listen, and, and glorified Jesus as the author of life, the victor over death. Amen. He's the author of life. And everything that we are and everything that we can be, he is the one who births these ideas. He is the one that brings these ideas to fruition. He's the one that says, I can do measurably more than you ever could think or ask. Of course he can. He conquered death. Of course he can. He walked out of a tomb. Of course he can. He said he did it for you. And that is Jesus.
That's, that's why the resurrection matters. That's why this isn't just a, a, an Easter story. This is foundational to our faith. It's foundational to who we are today. And when we walk out of here, who we're gonna be and how we're gonna act and how we're gonna interact and how we're gonna treat people and how we're gonna share the message of Jesus that is absolute truth in a way that shows no fear because he's not given us the spirit of fear. He's not made us timid. Those are things of the devil. When you buy into those things, you're minimizing the story of the resurrection. You're minimizing the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. That now as he sits at the right hand of the Father, what? Not as some uh, untouchable. You remember the story of the woman who, who, had, who had bled for a lot of years? She had, a, she had a medical condition. She was considered unclean. Everybody knew she was unclean. but she did everything she could do. She pushed through an entire crowd because she believed if she just simply touched the hem of his garment, his robe, that she'd be healed. And she was. But here's what I love most. We talk about God and Jesus being at the right hand of God and not being one of those untouchables. Let me tell you something. He knew exactly when somebody touched his robe because he knew that power had gone through him. Can I just tell you something? Every time you reach out to God, he knows not only that it's you because he created you and he created your voice, and when you talk to him, he knows it's you. But listen, when you reach out and pray to God, the choice has already been made. The answer according to his will is already yes. And if today you were to say, God, I don't know that I know you as, a, as my savior. God, I, I don't know that I know you as the, the savior of my life. I just know you as the God of Christianity. If you were just to say, God, forgive me for my sins. God, come into my life. I, I surrender to you. Do you know there's not a wait for an answer? <laughs> there's no wait. There's no determination that needs to be made. It was already made through the work of the cross and the resurrection. The answer is yes, my child. And so I pray today for each one of us to know the power of the resurrection, to live it out in our lives, to not be fearful, to know that God loves us and has an incredible plan and purpose for our lives. Let's pray, God, thank you so much for how much you love us, the way that, God, you, you work and you do things, you've done things, like your word is true, your track record's impeccable, 
God, we can count on you. You stick to us closer than a brother. The answer is yes, come to me, my child. Yes, lay your burdens at my feet. Yes, I want to care for you. Yes, I want to nurture you. Yes, yes, I want to hold you in my arms. Yes, I am your father. Yes, yes, and yes. Yes, I want you to share my love with others. Yes, I want you to be part of my family. Yes, I want you to be active. Yes, I want you to serve. Yes, yes. Thank you for an empty tomb that changed everything. In Jesus' name, amen.